This film is lit. The podcast where we finally settle the score on one simple question. Is the book really better than the movie? I'm Brian, and I have a film degree, so I watch the movie, but don't read the book. And I'm Katie. I have an English degree, so I do things the right way and read the book before we watch the movie. So prepare to be wowed by our expertise and charm as we dissect all of your favorite film adaptations and decide if the silver screen or the written word did it better. So turn it up, settle in, and get ready for spoilers, because this film is lit. This episode is worth at least 20 gossip points. Unfortunately, we still don't know what those are or what they're for. It's The Click, and this film is lit. Hello and welcome back to This Film is Lit, the podcast where we talk about movies that are based on books and torture our cat by locking him (laughs) in the other room. If you hear weird moaning, it's not a ghost. It's just our cat bemoaning the fact that he is trapped in our bedroom away from the recording studio (laughs) katie this is a patron request Mm -hmm. it is the 2008 film 10 i can't even remember now i think eight eight eight. the click made for tv movie uh, currently on u.s netflix (laughs) we have every single one of our regular segments including the triumphant return of guess who so let's start with our first segment. Let me sum up. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. The Click follows Massey Block, a spoiled rich middle schooler who loves wielding her social status as a weapon, and Claire Lyons, a not wealthy girl who recently moved to the area. Massey bullies Claire. Claire hits back a few times, and eventually the girls maybe come to an understanding. There are a lot of other characters, but they're mostly used as pawns. And without going into detail, that's pretty much it. Okay. There you go. That's basically the movie, too. Yeah. There's not a whole big plot in the movie. Mm -mm. Not much of a, what we would call a plot. Let's move on, then. Like I said, it's finally back. We've been missing this segment and uh, getting questions wrong. (laughs) Making a fool of myself. Let's play Guess Who. Who are you? No one of consequence. I must know. Get used to disappointment. Okay. All right, I'm excited to have this back. I'm a little sad that we weren't able to do this for our Twilight series because the descriptions in Twilight are Yes, they are Chef's great. Kiss. Yes. Uh, these ones are pretty okay. I do have several of them, though. So up first, her dark brown eyes sparkled brightly against her perfectly even tan, and her lips were full and cherry red. Uh, I don't know. That could be like any of the main characters, <laughs> any of the gang, um, any of the clique, the, the pretty committee. I don't know any of their names other than Massey. Massey is the main one. What a name. Um, <laughs> um, and then uh, Claire. Who's Claire the, is the blonde. Yeah. And then the three friends. The redhead is Dylan. Uh, the girl with the darker hair is Alicia. Um, and the girl with the like lighter, kind of like light brown blonde hair is Kristen. Okay. Well, I'm going to say this is Massey. It's not. Okay. 
<laughs> I'm going to get a lot of these wrong. Uh, that's a description of Alicia. Which one is that? <laughs> <laughs> the, you the, said it all, and it just immediately <laughs> went in and ear and then out, and it just none of it registered. The dark-haired <laughs> one who's not Massey. Okay. I think I know which one you're talking about. Don't two of them have dark hair? That isn't Massey. There's like there's there's a girl. I would know them better by their aim screen names than uh, their is she is she sports no, girl or hollow she's hollow girl. Hollow girl. Okay. <laughs> I know them better from those than I do their actual names. Because I feel like they don't say their actual well, they do because they're in makeup's name. We'll get to it. Oh boy. All right. Oh for one. Go ahead. All right. Up next, I think you should get this one. It's limited characters here. I, I feel confident I'm going to get this one. He had shaggy blonde hair and muscular arms, the kind you get from real physical labor, not the gym. She could see that his eyes were deep blue. They changed that. This guy has dark hair in the movie. I assume this is Chris. Yeah. This is his name, I think. Yeah. This is him. Yeah, that's it's Chris Avely. Yes, that's right. He does not have blonde hair. I would not call uh, it blonde. No, it's like I, I could I see think, yeah. like a really, really dark blonde. I yeah. could see you making an argument for, but it's not like a blonde I feel like blonde. his hair is darker than mine, and some people argue I don't have blonde hair. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I, I used to have very like platinum blonde hair as a kid, but it's gotten a lot darker as I gotten older. And I think his hair was darker than mine, I feel like. So, okay. That one was easy, though, because there's like only one yeah, teenage dude in yeah. the whole movie. All right, up next, a pair of overalls, white keds, and straight blonde hair with bangs. She looked like one of the cast members on Barney and Friends. Okay, well, this feels easy, too. This has got to be Claire. It is Claire. Yeah. The Barney and Friends. I mean, obviously, blonde hair. She has blonde hair and the bangs and stuff, and it's very straight blonde hair. But specifically, the Barney and Friends thing, because her style is not particularly... It's more like it's younger than the other girls is. And she is wearing overalls the first time we see her. Yes, that one. That was it. That was a gimme as well. All right. This one might be a little tougher. Her long, dirty blonde hair covered her face. Her tiny frame was made up entirely of muscle. What? (laughs) What tiny person with blonde hair is all muscles? Uh, Ah. I, I I I read ahead, so I think the next one is the the sporty girl, whatever her name is, sports girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> Otherwise, I would say it for this one. Mm-hmm. And it's unless they change the redhead, but I, I don't even know what other character this could be. I'm trying to think of what other characters. There's the her, the little brother of mm-hmm. Claire, obviously not him. Um, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be a kid. It could be. <laughs> Technically could be an adult, but I don't think I'm trying to think if there are any adults with blonde hair that are muscly. I don't I I have no idea. I, I don't even have a guess. Okay. Uh this one is Kristen, the sporty, sporty girl. Okay. Sporty well, babe no, or no what idea was her? Who the next one is. Yeah, like sport sports babe or I don't know. It was something with sports in the in, yeah. in the handle. I love this description, She's also, like, though. the nerdy one. Like, she's yeah, the she's, smart she's one. Yeah, she's, like, the, the one that cares about school. Yeah. 
Um, but I love this description because it conjures something like so hysterical to me. I picture like this very tiny petite person yeah. who's just, just like built, just hulking, stacked. just like a brick wall, yeah. but like tiny. Yeah, it is a very comical image, and I'm not. That's not what she just looks like a normal person in the movie. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Up next. The girl looked like a female version of Tom Cruise with her big nose, green eyes, and slightly crooked smile. The wild braided hair seemed to be the only thing keeping her from a career as his stunt double. Oh, no, I know who this could be. This could be Massey. Um, Because she was not the first one. And the next one, I know who that is. I'm going to say this is Massey. This is actually Lane. Who is this? <laughs> the, oh! weird, the weird art girl. She's the, 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 yeah. Okay. What? Yeah, I don't know about that match, <laughs> matching up at all. No, she has like dark curly hair. Yeah. And, and she, you she know, looks like a all... lot like Massey in the movie. A little bit, yeah. Does she? What? A little bit. I don't think so. Are we thinking of the same person? Yeah, Lane. It's still like the, 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 like, alti friend. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think she looks like Massey, really. Okay. I mean, I could be wrong, but um, I it, it confused me because nothing in that was about, like, how she dressed or... Because that was how I was expecting that character mm-hmm. to be described, is by her sort of alternative style. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's, like, her thing in the movie. It's like she's kind of all deep. Anyways, so that that's why I was confused there. Okay, up next, you should probably get this one. You said you felt confident. Yeah, about this it. one seems easy. Yeah. Th- I don't know her name. <laughs> a thick mass of fiery red hair blew around her pale face. She was at least two inches taller and wider than the other girls. She looked like a girl who'd grown up milking cows. <laughs> Great. Uh, this would be, uh, and I don't know her name, uh, but her name is like Big Red or something uh-huh. on on the AIM. <laughs> on the instant messenger app that they use. Yeah, you're right. Her name's Dylan. What is her name on the messenger? It's like it's 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 big redhead or something yeah, like that. Something like that. Will you say Dylan? Yeah. Okay. Woof. Nailed it. I got two of them right. <laughs> I think. Uh yeah. No, yeah. you got, no, I you got, got three. three. You got I got three. three so far. One more. All right, last one. She checked the back of her satin cargo pants for panty lines and examined her white Hermes scarf, worn as a belt, to make sure that the knot was sitting flat against her hips. Her white cashmere tank top was free of dog hair, and her amber eyes looked bright. Okay, well, third time's a charm. I assume this is Massey. That is Massey, yeah. I will say that even in... 2008 i don't think cargo pants were cool she didn't wear cargo well, the, pants in the, the movie. book is 2004 okay okay which you're correct cargo yeah. pants cool in 2004 i rocked me some cargo <laughs> pants not cool by 2008 i mean even then they don't they dress i don't think any of them wear cargo pants in the movie and again i you like you said it's a few years later but like they don't even wear anything i don't think akin to cargo pants no. like they're all like in like very like stylish yeah, it's kind of like a posh kind of style. Yeah, they're all like rich, and so they wear like super fancy, mm-hmm. yeah, designer clothes and dresses and some jeans and stuff, but lots of like skirts and dresses. Yeah. All righty. Uh, four for four? Four out of four? No, four for eight. Four and four, right? 
No, seven. There's seven. I got uh, a greater than 50%. I got four out of seven. So, woof, crushing it. That was a fun return of Guess Who. Now it's time for what's that in the book? Nicholas Flamel is the only known maker of the Philosopher's Stone. The what? Honestly, don't you two read? So, uh, first one, I, I wasn't even sure I was going to have any for this because for the longest time I had, like, no notes. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to have anything for was that in the book because I don't even know what to ask. Uh, but the first one that I wrote down was a, a specific line uh, because in the prequel we discussed how the author named the school that they go to Octavia... It's Octavian, Octavian Country Day. Country Day. And she says in retrospect that she named it that as a joke because it's OCD. Uh-huh. We we queried what the joke was in that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still but, not sure. Still not sure what the joke is. Read there. the I've read the book and watched the movie. I'm still not sure what the joke is. It's just the it's that's just, just it's, a different acronym in as the name of a school. I, I don't get the joke. But uh there's a, there's another line in the movie where when when uh Claire and her brother first show up at Massey's house uh Massey's or Claire's brother asks Massey something and then like runs off and Claire says to Massey he must have forgotten to take his meds and Massey says his meds and then Claire says that was a joke and then there's like awkward laughing mm-hmm. and I, I want to know what that line's in the book because this is one of the first times there's this thing I'll ask about later about like I don't understand sometimes what it's supposed to be like what the joke was. And also do these kids not do these kids or do they not understand sarcasm because it seems to go back and forth. Well, it's very strange. But this first one, I, it, it hit me and I was just staring at the screen like what just happened? Like. Again, this almost feels like an alien wrote it or like a computer <laughs> AI. Where yeah. It's like this isn't really a joke and it's not funny, but like it's almost something. It's almost something. Is it? It's <laughs> like it's so it's not in the book. Okay. First off, it does fit the spirit of the OCD quote unquote joke. Yeah. Though. Yeah. So there's that, I guess. I guess that is a thing kids might have used to say back in the day, like, oh, my little brother forgot to take his meds. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's like it's an it's older humor. Yeah, it's like older, edgy humor done very poorly. Yeah. But the thing that is wild to me in this movie is that Massey is like and I'll talk about it more here in a second. But Massey is like the most sarcastic. Yeah. Nightmare, like just awful person. Like she's sarcastic all the time, but also doesn't remotely like numerous times in the movie somebody makes an obvious sarcastic statement and it like goes right past her and i don't know if that's intentional or just bad writing (laughs) like i don't (laughs) don't get it because there's numerous scenes where she's like what did you mean by that and they're like i was it was sarcastic and she's like oh (laughs) it's like wait what you're sarcastic all the time okay great very strange um okay another one next one is also another line that i wanted to know if it was in the book because this this line is so clearly written by an adult human and given (laughs) uh, put into the mouths of babes because uh this is there's uh claire's in the store shopping yes and one of the other girls from the click walks up to her and they're kind of talking they don't know who each other are at this point and claire's mom or no this other girl's mom won't buy her some pants or something that she wants because of the size or something and Claire walks up to her and it's like, moms just don't get it. 
And the other girl turns to him and goes, right? Weren't they kids once? And I was like, oh, my God, this was written by a 40-year-old person. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's not a thing kids say to each other. <laughs> this was written by a 40-year-old person. Uh, and I wanted to know if it was in the book or if it was the 40-year-old screenwriter. It is not in the book, which I guess is a credit to the author. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, okay, next thing is this thing that is happens twice in the movie that I felt like was going to be a bigger plot point but isn't, and it's very confusing to me. Uh, at one point, we see Massey start typing up this document on her computer, and it says State of the Union at the top, mm-hmm. and it's just like a blank Word document, seemingly like Microsoft Word, or it's an Apple computer, so it's like uh, Pages or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> whatever the Apple <laughs> Word doc thing is. Um and she, she writes State of the Union, and then she writes a list that says, like, in, and she writes, like, three things, and then out, and she writes, like, three things. I was expecting this to go somewhere. Like, she's going to post this. Like, this is a thing people read. Like, she uh-huh. has a blog or, like, a message board at the school that she posts this. You know what I mean? That this is, like, going to be a recurring thing that, like... It is like causes drama at school mm-hmm. or something. That's what it seemed like it was setting up. Almost like a gossip girl kind of a thing. I don't know enough about okay, that show to yeah. say yes or no, but I assume, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like maybe. Yeah, I mean, uh, from what I can gather, yeah, probably. But something that, yeah, she was going to post somewhere or that mm-hmm. was going to be a thing. Like that like other kids saw and like caused drama and was like a plot point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, the State of the Union coming out. Oh, who's on, who, what's in, what's out and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that like, and, and we could even get to it later, but the, like when Claire gets on her computer, like, oh, maybe she does it and posts it and says that Massey's out or whoa, or I don't even know it, de- but something. Well, that was, that's a way better plot for this book. Right. Well, but, <laughs> and so literally in the movie, nothing ever comes of it except uh-huh. she writes it for herself. And then at the end of the movie, she does it again. This is the only other time we see it. She does it a second time at the end of the movie. And this time she, so initially she puts Claire uh, on the out list in the first one. And then in the second version, she puts Claire on the out list, but also puts her on the in list. So she's both in and out because it's not, she likes her, but not really still. Mm-hmm. Anyways, is that from the book? Does it, is there any more to it? What's the deal with that? So, yes, it is from the book. Uh, Massey does it a few more times in the book than she does in the movie. So that probably helps with that element. I don't know. Um, So basically, it's a way that she does journal entries. And she says that she doesn't keep a diary because diaries might fall into enemy hands. But I really feel like this list could also fall into enemy hands and like do the same amount of damage as a diary. Like it's really just a minimalist way to keep a diary. So she doesn't do anything with it. It's just something Uh, that she does for herself because yeah, it's, it could, it could just as, I mean, you could keep, if you're saying like doing it on the computer is better then you could also just keep your diary on the computer, Yeah, which would be the same thing. And in the movie, she also has a diary. Yeah. <laughs> Which that I, I don't know. That's a whole different thing. But in the movie, because her brother, Claire's brother starts reading her journal at some point. So she also does have a diary in the movie. So that they skipped over that part. But 
I, yeah, I expected it to go somewhere and it never goes anywhere or does anything. It's just like a thing for herself. So you're, yeah, so it's like a diary, yeah. basically. It's just a minimalist diary. Yes. Oh, it's so strange. I, I really expected that. That It was such a red I really, I, I like your plot idea, though. Yeah. And now, to be fair, I should have started this episode with a disclaimer. I didn't read any of the other oh, okay. click books. So There's could. like 15 of them. Yeah. That they could come back. Maybe there she does something with it in a, a later, later or, book, yeah. or maybe like somebody steals it or hacks it or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But as far as the click, yeah, book one and movie yeah. goes, it's, this is just just a thing that she does. Personal thing. Yeah. And again, it's the idea is like, oh, it shows her growth, but it's so confusing of a plot element to me. Maybe it's not to kids. I don't know. It still feels to me like it would be because again, she calls it the State of the Union, and it. Calling it the State of the Union makes it feel like something that should be shared with other people as opposed to just your... Yeah. Uh, what a weird, uh, weird choice. Okay. I mean, kids are weird, so that's fine, I guess, but it still really bothered me. In the in the movie, Massey's mom seems to be oblivious to the fact that her daughter is, like, a nightmare. <laughs> she, at one... Like, she's like, be nice to, to Claire and uh, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, halfway through the movie... Massey is like being an outward jerk to Claire in front of her mom and her mom calls her in and it's like, hey, don't be a jerk. And she's like, you know, you're the way the conversation comes across is like this mom does not remotely realize. Yeah, she thinks she's just being like weird in this moment and that does not realize that her daughter's just a horrible human being. I mean, she's 14 or whatever, so. They're all relatively horrible in their own way, but she just doesn't seem to understand at all that her daughter is like a horrible person and maybe she should try to do something about that. And I thought it was very strange. And it it didn't also feel like commentary in the movie about Mm -hmm. like her parents being sort of like not, you know, involved in her life at all because it seemed like they kind of were. It just didn't seem like the movie was commenting on that at all. But her mom seemed to not realize how terrible she was. It's the same in the book. It is the same in the book. Her mom seems similarly oblivious Okay. to Massey's true nature. Yeah. And I would like to say that I think it's commentary, but I don't think it is. Yeah. It just didn't feel like it to me. Cause like we didn't get enough time with the, her mom or yeah. parents to really like get any feel for their relationship. And her mom in the few interactions we do seems like genuine and caring and like involved as much as, I don't know, seems fine. And so it was weird to me that her mom doesn't seem to understand. I don't know. Maybe it is commentary. Maybe it's not. It just, maybe it just wasn't thought about that much. And it was just something in the movie. But uh, so this is a thing that bothered me the whole movie, um, or at least most of the movie, uh, is that Claire appears to be a superhero whose power is the ability to keep hanging around people who clearly hate her and make fun of her constantly. Because I, we talked about this before, but I am incredibly conscious of whether or not I'm wanted around other people, Mm -hmm. like overly like conscious of it to the point of like, you know, uh, leaning too far the other direction. And, it's so therefore it is incredibly like uh it's like it's 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 like what it's like watching cringy like 
you know, like yeah. The Office or something during like the super cringy episodes where I'm just like, oh my God, why do you keep hanging, trying to hang out with them when all they do is hate you and make fun of you? I don't understand. And I mean, maybe it's a, you know, it's, I guess that is part of, supposed to be part of like her character, like is that she's um, not naive necessarily, but like. So yeah, I don't think pure she to the point seems of just like I don't think she seems naive or anything. No, I don't. Like I'm that. not saying naive. I'm saying like I don't know. I and that's what I guess what I don't know is that maybe there's more in the book about because maybe we get her thoughts or something. Is is does she behave in the same way of just continuously like hanging out and like attempting to be friends with these girls who very clearly hate her and make fun of her and like prank her all the time? Okay, <laughs> so yes. And this is something that really irritated me about the book, too, is that I don't understand why Claire wanted to hang with, out with Massey and company yeah. so badly. Yeah. Like, you can do the character who really wants to roll with the popular kids and puts up with puts up with being, puts picked, up with being picked on because they want to roll with the popular kids so bad. You can do that character, but it has to be clear to the audience what their motivation is. And Claire doesn't seem to care about being popular. No. And she's aware that the girls are being mean to her. Yeah. She's not, like, oblivious to it. Like, no. she knows what's happening. Yeah. She knows she's being bullied. Yeah, she does. She's very aware, but she just continuously bashes into it. Like, <laughs> So, like, I don't understand her motivation. There's one line in the book where she, what's the first time she's in the cafeteria and she sees them at the table and she thinks to herself, she's like, I know if I can sit at that table that it means I'll have like an easy time or a good time here or something like that. Yeah. But beyond that, she doesn't seem to show any interest in like the social clout yeah. that would come with it. Yeah, no. So what is her motivation? There's plenty of other people at the school. Yeah, I mean, she even, she's she hits it off with Lane. I, yeah. Like she meets Lane in the book and I was like, great. Yeah. Be friends with the art girl. Yeah. That's perfect. Good job. You're doing amazing. Yeah. But she continues to want to be friends with them. And I just don't understand why I don't understand what her motivation is at all. I was really expecting this story to take a much more direct mean girls-esque turn where Claire like decides to take them all down. Yeah. And it kind of does. Uh, yeah, it kind of starts kind going that of, direction. But the storytelling is real mushy and the motivations remain unclear, so it doesn't yeah. really work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I thought I thought the same thing. I was like, why does she just keep trying to hang out with them? They don't like you. You don't seem to really like them that much. Like I just, and I, I guess the one built-in sort of potential like explanation is that she since she's living at Massey's house. Yes. Maybe she's just like, trying to make it work. You that know what would I mean? be that would be the thing that made the most sense. But that's never explored through the story. No, no, and it would be one thing if, like, at some point during the the movie or the story, where like she's like, oh, and and she kind of does at one point, but we'll talk about this scene later, where she's like, she's upset, and her mom's like, oh, what's wrong? And they kind of talk about it a little bit, and we'll talk about that scene mm -hmm. in the movie. But it, but if there was another one of those scenes earlier on, where after they pick on her a couple times. Where like her mom's like, well, I yeah, you know, she's she, you know, like tries to talk to her and explain like she's 
yeah, you know, maybe you can just try to get along with her since we're living, you know, like mm-hmm. try to talk or, or something. Just, like, yeah, just try like, to, like try to be civil since yeah, we try have to, be to live civil in the Since we have to live quarters, next to them, that sort of. of thing. Like that kind of conversation between the mom and daughter or something to like make a little more sense of why she keeps trying to like make this friendship work when it just isn't. It's weird. Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, so this scene's crazy in the movie. Uh, there's there she goes down to the swimming pool, and the other friends are there waiting for Massey, and Claire is gonna go swimming, and <laughs> and she just like jumps in the pool, and this there all the girls react so interestingly, and I was like, what is this scene? Is is this the first time they've seen somebody go swimming? <laughs> <laughs> like what they all react like this the idea of jumping in a pool is blowing their mind <laughs> and i'm like wait did they not know you could swim <laughs> okay oh my god this scene is that scene in the book so there is a similar scene in the book but it makes more sense in the book because claire does like a cool dive into the pool uh, okay and the girls are impressed by it in the movie, she just like flops into the water yeah. and they're all like, wow, amazing. My guess is that the actress couldn't do a cool dive and they didn't want to spend money on a stunt double. So they were like, just jump in the pool. Yeah, it's fine. I guess. Yeah, I thought it was very, very interesting. And I, I, I think what they were going for was the idea that they're like with Massey and stuff. They're so like stuck up and stuffy that they don't. Yeah, and and that things. is part of it. Yeah, but <laughs> but it's it's just the most ridiculous scene because she does she just like flops in and yeah. they react as though she has done something outlandish, outlandish, and just am- amazing and impressive. Yeah, it's very weird. I was like, oh, all right. I, I mean, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I guess I get what you're going for, but it it's doesn't. I don't know if it works the way you thought it did. <laughs> okay. Uh, does Claire uh, use Massey's hacker computer and use it to mess with her life and like talk shit to all of her friends? Uh, yes, she does. That all of that part of the story plays out very similarly to what it is in the book. Yeah. Uh, so after that happens, she then hangs out with Massey's friends. Like they they meet up at I don't remember yeah. exactly. It's the she, pool scene, and then the, they go shopping or something. Yeah, she succeeds in eliminating Massey from the group. Yes. And then she's part of the group. Yeah, and they they all hang out. out. And then she comes home. They're like, oh, we're going shopping or whatever. And they do stuff together. And she comes home late. And her mom's like, hey, you're late. And immediately Claire becomes a nightmare just like Massey. She's like Mm -hmm. just being a complete jerk to her mom. And it wasn't a direction I was expecting. And I will say when I wrote this note, I didn't realize that this wouldn't pay off in any way because it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. It's like one scene and then nothing happens with it ever again. And yeah. I was expecting maybe that was going to be, I was like, Oh, I wasn't expecting this turn where she now gets this sort of social clout and becomes the, the monster essentially. Mm-hmm. But the movie doesn't do that. Yeah, they don't, they, they just don't do anything with immediately it. put her back in her place by having Massey figure out what's going on. So it's like, Oh, okay. So, you know, because that would have been an interesting turn if then, like, they kind of the shoes on the other foot and Massey has to figure out what it's like to be the social outcast and 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 uh, Claire kind of gets a, a taste of power and it, like, ruins things for her. But that's not what... Ru- her being a nightmare because she's popular isn't what ruins things. It's just them finding out that she pretended to be Massey is what ruined things. So that... Uh, uh, there's so many... This movie in so many different times could have done a thing that makes... 
that would it make sounds it, very interesting. That would make it like a sounds plot like a much more compelling story that gives compelling uh, character arcs and dynamics to all of their interactions. But at every point, chooses not to do that and just like, no, she's and oh, oh, she's becoming uh, kind of mean and 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 bad, just like Massey was. Ooh, see, power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Nope. Never mind. No, nah, I'm just uh, we'll abandon that storyline. It's so weird. Uh, but does that happen in the book? The whole yes, it does. Evil with power. Yes, or Claire evil with power plays out very similarly. Book similarly does not do anything with it. <laughs> uh, and ooh, the pacing of the story. Uh, the book takes place over the course of like a couple weeks, I think, and the movie is similar. I guess. Yeah. It takes place over a very short period of time. And we know that she doesn't hang out with the popular girls for a very long time because at one point they're like, it's only six days until the field trip. Yeah. And then she hangs out with them. And then like the next thing is the field trip. So like two days max. Yeah. For her to be completely corrupted by power. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to compare it, this to Mean Girls again because that's apt. And because a similar thing happens in Mean Girls, but it's much better paced and more subtle. Um, in Mean Girls, you can see Katie slowly becoming more like the plastics, but you can also see her like trying to hang on and telling herself that she isn't actually like them, which makes a huge difference in how the story and the characters progress. Yeah. And it actually goes somewhere and they somewhere. do something with it. Yeah. <laughs> she has like a character arc. Yeah. She doesn't just immediately get knocked off her, her high horse and then just revert back to her previous character and that whole little avenue we took is meaningless and yeah. didn't do anything and nobody <laughs> learns anything from it. Yeah. <sighs> Does Massey huck an egg at Claire? Because that shit was hilarious and I loved it. No, she doesn't. Oh, that was the best scene in the movie. There is a kind of equivalent scene, and I'm glad that you brought this up. I want to talk about it because I went back and forth over where to put this change, so I'm just going to talk about it here. I love the movie's change to having Massey chuck an egg at Claire from like a foot away. <laughs> it's hilarious and terrible. In the book, there's a scene directly after the pool scene where Massey calls Claire a leech and one of the other girls throws salt on her because that gets rid of leeches. Mm. And then the rest of the girls follow suit by dumping different foods on Claire. It's not funny, mm -mm. Uh, but I do think it was a decent way to show how quickly the other girls fall in line with Massey's cruelty, especially since they were literally just having a really good time with Claire. Yeah. Yeah, that could have been interesting. And they do that a little bit throughout the movie because you get the vibe at least that the other girls aren't as mean yeah i mean obviously because they be kind of become friends with her and stuff and they're not as mean as massey is yeah massey is really the corrupting force yes. in this equation but they do play along with like the, the yeah. whole paint scene which I, I was i actually was gonna ask i guess if that was in the book and i, I forgot to but um the whole paint scene like in the in the beginning of the movie or towards the beginning of the movie where they all kind of play a, a role in it and stuff. Um, but yeah, you can definitely tell that they're not as... And that is some interesting... And I think the movie could have done even more with it. Mm -hmm. Commentary of, of sort of... Even though you're not the one who's like... The bad one. You're kind of... You're enabling or you're going along yeah. with that sort of thing. And I think the movie does a little bit with that. Uh, with touching on that and sort of condemning it. But not... I don't know if it does enough with it. 
So then after, uh, it's after the egg scene. She storms upstairs and, she, and Claire's crying and she's upset. And she's like, oh, this is Massey's the worst and I hate her. And uh, she's, oh, you know, I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. And she's like crying. And her mom comes in and starts talking to her. And she's like, this scene infuriated me because her mom immediately like starts victim blaming her. And it's like, well, what did you do to her? Maybe some of your actions haven't been so great either. And her mom doesn't even know at this point that she pretended to be Massey. And no, like, her mom has no idea no what idea. she's done. She just assumes Claire was like deserved whatever happened to her. And it's like, wow, way to go to bat for your kid, Claire's mom. Good Lord. So um, we have like two extremes in parenting. We yeah, have the parent yeah. who's totally oblivious to how and not the, terrible their and the parent is. who just assumes their child is a criminal. <laughs> yeah, but she's like, "Well, what did you do to her?" And and the movie plays this as like her the sage wisdom of her mother. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like knowing that, well, you must have done something. And it's like, wait a second, movie time out. Sure, sure. It, she did pretend to be Massey and like was mean to her friends. Like, eh. but only in response to like getting completely shit on for like the entire first half of this movie. And and even then, the stuff she did was totally stuff Massey would have said and very likely did have has mean, said behind her back. Yeah. I, Massey shot first. Yeah. Totally and absolutely. And also her friends immediately bought that yeah. Massey was saying those things. Yeah. None of them questioned it. Like, and Massey does not question this at all. Like, uh, to me, there should have been a moment in either the book or the movie where Massey was like, oh, Claire impersonated me and said a bunch of mean stuff to my friends, and they did not even question. Yeah. Yeah, that that was that me. would have been another great thing for Massey to realize, which would have been a, another great place for this movie to go with any sort of character development. But it does not. <laughs> uh, but that scene is not in the book okay. to answer your original question. I hated that scene in the movie. I was like, <laughs> what is this? This is nonsense. Like and then she literally just been tortured this whole movie and then does one thing to get even remotely even. And her mom's like, well, maybe you should apologize. <laughs> it's like, No, screw you. <laughs> Uh, so they they make makeup that ends up uh, giving all the girls an aller- on the bus an allergic reaction, um, and then uh, Claire is able to save the day because she gets a mysterious random instant message from somebody that says oatmeal stops in allergic reactions, which it doesn't really. <laughs> it, it, it can help with some itching and oh, it's a whole thing. But so they smear oatmeal because lane always eats oatmeal i think is the, yeah, she, yeah that's like her quirky thing yeah she eats she's oatmeal. oatmeal so she has a canteen of oatmeal and they go around the bus smearing oatmeal all over their faces it's wild is that scene in the book it seems like it would be it is it is beat for beat and from the book so i double checked this with an actual doctor real live medical professional mm-hmm. thank you for helping amanda <laughs> So oatmeal can reduce inflammation, yeah. which is why if like if you have chicken pox, mm-hmm. the folksy remedy is to take an oatmeal bath. I used to do that uh, for poison ivy. Yes, or yeah. for poison ivy, anything yeah. like that. Um, it doesn't cure it. It just no. helps reduce the inflammation, take some of the sting out of it. And it, it goes away like immediately. 
Like yeah. at least for me, when I would poison ivy, when I would take a, I had a really bad poison ivy, and I was a kid a couple times. One time, just terrible, like huge scar down my leg. Like it, it, I know, like something you're very I'm allergic to. Very it. Very allergic to poison ivy, but um, and and I would so the, the the oatmeal baths I would do them pretty often when I would get poison ivy, and uh, they work. They're great while you're in them. They feel mm-hmm. incredible, and it lasts like ten minutes. And then immediately, like, it starts itching. Yeah, it it helps you feel more comfortable for a little while. Yeah. So oatmeal could theoretically help soothe the inflammation at the application site on their mouths. But it's not going to cure or help with anaphylactic shock, which those girls would definitely go into. Yeah. Because they have peanut allergies. Yeah, that's such a weird decision is they make it say, oh, I put she puts like peanut oil or yeah. something in the makeup. And they're like, who is allergic to peanuts? And they'll raise their hands. That's not how peanut allergies work, from my understanding, is that, <laughs> yeah, that is a peanut allergies are incredibly, yeah. tend to be incredibly like, uh, Critical, like it's not just like oh, got a little. It can. They be, would have had a full tilt emergency yeah, on their hands. You have to go get like a an epi pen or yeah. something to like yeah, uh, like a shoot Benadryl into their heart or something. Um, yeah, because and it's so easy for that to have been a slightly different like thing. Like they just put too much like peppermint in it or i don't you know yeah 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 they could have made it like oh we're gonna put peppermint in it so that it plumps your lips but right. they put too much way too much or something or, or whatever be, be some you know whatever and it's just or maybe they make a stupid decision like oh we don't have peppermint so we're gonna use pepper yeah something stupid something stupid and, and then yeah and then because but yeah because because peanut allergies are known for how dangerous and like crazy they are and and you can't fix it with oatmeal in both the book and the movie massey also has a nut allergy that's why she doesn't try it (sighs) so she should have known to be like heads up the shit has peanuts in it but doesn't she do it on purpose no I thought she did it on purpose so that Claire could get I don't this whole plot point is incomprehensible the whole thing with the, the mystery I am and I don't understand any of it. I don't understand any of it. And we're going to talk about it here very, very shortly. So I won't go into it now. But this whole thing doesn't make any sense. I assumed that Claire, that Massey intentionally gave everybody an allergic reaction so that Claire could get a win. But then that plot point doesn't go anywhere. You're saying that's not the case? <laughs> no. She she intentionally messages Claire, Claire instead of being the one to be like, oh, oatmeal and being the hero. Right. But she didn't know that everybody was going to have a allergic reaction. Well, theoretically, she should have. Okay. Okay. I don't... Okay. But, oh, boy. Uh, so my friend Amanda, the doctor, found this whole plot point pretty hilarious. Um, in her words, she said, Hello, anaphylactic shock. At least my pout was on point. Yes. Which I go. thought captured the spirit of the whole thing. There you go. So then we get to the end of the movie uh, ish. They're at the big like the the party. I don't even know what it is. It's some party or something. Somebody's birthday. It's Chris's it's birthday. The well, chari- it's, not. it's the charity auction, it's charity but, it's auction also but it's also Chris's, Chris's birthday. birthday. And uh, there's gonna be uh, Massey's go- or Massey's gonna jump out of a cake and surprise Chris and like propose relationship <laughs> to him uh, type of thing. Um, and, and Claire ends up saving the day. I assume that's all in the book. You can, uh, or at least similarly in the book. Is it? 
No. Oh, no? Really. I didn't ask this part because I just assumed it was, honestly. I'll talk about it later. So okay. We don't need to talk about it right now. Okay. Um, but after she saves Massey, uh, she's still a good person and saves Massey. Uh, they're having a conversation, and she looks down at Massey's wrist, and she sees she's wearing a charm bracelet. But the charm that Claire bought her in the beginning of the movie, which was like a little microphone, mm-hmm. is not there. And Massey says to her, uh, they fall off all the time. And Claire looks at her like, all right, sure. And I was, is is this whole charm thing from the book, is that whole plot point from the book first, I guess? The charm bracelet is a thing, and the lions do get Massey a microphone charm that she hates because she thinks it's tacky. Okay. And then does there, she not have it later? <laughs> Does Massey have like and lose it, like potentially take so, it off or something? There is a scene in the book where Massey, Lane, and Chris are out horse riding, and Lane finds the charm on the ground. The implication being that Maddie, quote unquote, lost it oh, on okay. purpose. Uh, that plot thread doesn't go anywhere in the book, and Massey just has the charm again at the end. Okay. So here's the thing that was wild to me, and this kind of goes back to what, or this will go tie in with what we're about to talk about here in a second. But to me, it seems like such an, such an obvious choice from a writing perspective. If you want to do like a some sort of character thing with Massey, is that she sees the Claire looks at her charm bracelet and sees the and and sees it, and the microphone is still on it, and so that despite. The fact that she hated it when she gave it to her and that she's been a nightmare to her this whole time, there's still something. And then you give her a line about it, but there's still something there that she actually secretly does like Claire. And it's like, you know, like she she doesn't know how to deal with it. I was amazed that she was just like, oh, yeah, it fell off. Whoops. Like to me, it seems like she has the thing as like it seems like the perfect way to have this tie into the beginning of the movie of her still having the charm and that being like this little, you know, secret thing that like gives away the game that Mm -hmm. she actually does care about Claire. A love kernel, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't understand why they didn't do that. It's so strange to me. I don't know. Well, just, so getting the next point. Everything you've said has made more sense than what happened so in this story. getting to it, the, the conversation that follows after that, and this is where I have to talk about this because it just doesn't make any sense, and I, I don't even know how to describe it because it, I, it's incomprehensible, is um, Massey, Claire then realizes as she's talking to Massey during after she saves her from the cake debacle, she's talking to Massey and she's like, wait, you're the one who sent me the message about the oatmeal. Mm-hmm. And she goes, why'd you do it? And Massey says, I wanted to. My friends were so ready to ditch me for you um, all this time. And so I just wanted to do that. And I don't understand what the motivations in this scene are supposed to be because she doesn't go on to say anything that clarifies why she did it or what, what her goal was. Because she still seems her lead up conversation doesn't match up with where the scene ends. She her conversation, the conversation leads. I don't even know how to describe this. <laughs> the conversation leads in with her being like, yeah, I hated you. And I hated that my friends didn't like me and that they liked you more than me. And I hated all that stuff. So then when it came right down to it, I was nice to you so that you could be the hero 
and my friends would still hate me? I don't, I don't get, I don't get it. And I don't know if that's how it plays out in the, in the book. Cause I don't understand. I'm having the heart. I had the hardest time trying to figure out how to, how to discuss this while we were watching the movie, because it, the, the dialogue is so incongruous that I couldn't piece together what the movie even thought these characters like relationship was or what these the lines. movie the movie doesn't know and I will tell you why. Oh my god. And I urge you not to try and make sense of this story because while I can see that the author has attempted some character arcs, she either isn't good at it or just doesn't know how to do it. In the book, Claire does figure out that Massey sent the oatmeal text, but she doesn't ask her why she did it. So we just we, there there is no reason given in the book, which is probably where the screenwriters struggled. They were like, "We don't know, man. We don't know." And they do talk about the charm, but it's mostly about how Massey really did used to want to be a singer. It's really it's not a very interesting or relevatory conversation that they have at the end of the book. The thing that blew my mind about this scene is that it seems so easy. Yes. This this reminds me, for a good, bad, or bad, bad fans, this movie at times reminds me of Billy Owens. Because it <laughs> seems like it should be so easy. This scene should be so easy. Claire saves her despite every mean thing that Massey has done mm-hmm. this whole time. And they have this conversation, and Massey is like... You know, why did you why did you do that? And they kind of do that a little bit, but like, why did you do that? And Claire goes, like, I just who I am. I just, you know. And and then and then Claire looks down and sees that she still has the charm on the bracelet, and she's like, and maybe we had a scene earlier where it wasn't on there or something. Like, and mm-hmm. she's like, and you do the oh, I lost it scene halfway through the movie or something. Yeah. And then here at the end again, she has the charm on her bracelet again. And Claire looks down and this is right after Massey has asked her, why'd you do it? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, because, you know, it's just who I am. Uh, it's, you know, I, even though you mean to me, I, I try to see the best in people or something. She, Claire sees the bracelet, the charm on Massey's wrist and goes, why you still have the, the charm? I thought you lost it. And she goes, I actually did want to be a singer when I was a kid. And and then they start to, and blah 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 and then they start talking and then it gets into a conversation and somehow Massey explains that you know she thought she had to be mean to Claire because that's like the role she's filled like like mm-hmm. she's always been the popular girl and like she she hasn't really known any other way to like interact with people so she's always just made fun of people and like put people down and that Claire has shown her a new way to inter- or so, you know ah, there's a way it, it and they don't do that at all i and the wild thing is that i think the movie thinks it did that but it didn't it didn't even get close to that it just it's wild it's so it's so weird i don't uh, i don't get it literally um, every single suggestion that you have made has been a better story because it's than not what we got. hard it's not i'm not smart not. i'm not a good screenwriter this, this is this, not the, difficult this, stuff uh, this kind of story is common yes and there are common plot threads yes. that you can follow and trick them out to be your own uh, but it has to make sense and Ugh. what we got here doesn't make sense. Ugh, it's so infuriating. And you know what's the most frustrating thing is that it's a relatively well acted movie. Like all the kids do a pretty good job. Like they like, and I think if they had had 
an even remotely competent script, this could have been a fun, mm-hmm. like, this kind of movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, <laughs> a fun sort of, like, Disney Channel original, like, um... Not not quite Mean Girls level. That's a much funnier and, and uh, insightful script than this ever had a chance of being, I think. But it could have been something closer to that, and 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 you know, on, on the better side of Disney Channel original movies as opposed to the, whatever this is, because they had the talent in general for it. It's just ugh. And then finally, is the big ending that nothing happens. Literally, nothing happens, and the movie descends. So literally one of my last notes from while I was reading the book is, oh, God, this is going to end weirdly and abruptly. I can just tell. Yeah. And then it did. That's exactly what the movie did, too. Yeah, it ends much the same way. Uh, Massey and Claire have a moment, seem to come to an understanding of sorts, and then Massey isn't sure how to place Claire on her daily state of the union. Now, I'm sure that this book was written with the idea that this would be a series. Yeah. I'm sure it was written with that yeah, in mind. Yeah, I guess that does play into some But of that, yeah. it would still be really nice to give your characters some kind of meaningful or satisfying arc or, you know, like an actual ending. Yeah. Like, there are plenty of books written as starts to series that still manage to accomplish those things. Yeah, because you can absolutely undo it if you need to. Yeah. Like, especially in a series like this was going to be, where you're going to do 15 of them and they're going to be all variations of the same thing. You know, like, yeah. there's, easily you and can undo any character. And are so are, changeable. Yeah, and they're it's, so changeable. Yeah. yeah, no way you could. It's so easy for you to, like, some event happens at the beginning of the next book and it spins things around in a different, uh, you know, so you have a different character arcs they need to go on or, yeah. or who knows. It, or, or you introduce new characters that then interact. And it, you know, there's a million ways to do it. You could still give your main characters actual character arcs. Yeah, it's stupid. <sighs> very annoying all right that was it for was that in the book let's talk about what was lost in adaptation just show me the way to get out of here and i'll be on my way was lost yes yes and i want to get unlost as soon as possible so uh this is the thing that's mentioned numerous times in the in the movie and i just assumed it was nothing but I still want to know if there's any (laughs) exploration of it in the, I just assumed it was like dumb teenager stuff, but I want to know if there's anything more in the book. Uh, What are gossip points? Unclear. Okay. They're mentioned, they're brought up frequently in the book, more frequently than they are in the movie. Uh, You get X number of points for knowing or spreading gossip seems to be the idea. However, what exactly they are and what the purpose of them is, is never explained. According to the Click Wiki, I had to do some digging to see if I could find out more about these things because it's been annoying me. So according to the Click Wiki, Massey keeps track of them on her Palm Pilot. Oh boy. But that was the only information I could find, which does nothing to explain what the purpose of these points is. Now, again, there might be more about gossip points in further books. There might not be. Either way, I would call this element sloppy world building. To me, to introduce an element like gossip points and not do anything with it until later books is odd, to put it in your story and not do anything with it at all is completely batshit. 
I was really expecting this to like be something and it wasn't and it made me really mad. I can't help but feel like the author threw in this idea of a point system in an effort to capitalize on like maybe Harry Potter, like house points. Mm, maybe. But then like didn't know what to do with it. I So here's the thing. I will say this, that it, it, maybe it's different in the book. In the movie, I didn't it didn't stick out to me that much i did want to know what more about it but they didn't stick out to me that much i interpreted them in the movie similar to the same dumb um that in the same way you would uh people like teenagers or people would do the dumb points game for like pretending like imagining if they ran over certain people mm-hmm. you know what i'm talking about like yeah oh it's a blind person with uh with a dog that's 50 points you know what i mean like mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean anything this is just dumb I I interpreted it kind of like that, like it was just a thing they said. I guess didn't it's actually because but, but, it's like, but the fact that she keeps track of them in her Palm Pilot keeps track apparently of puts and, that in a completely and different it's, place. It's brought up way more frequently in the book, which is why it annoyed me specifically so yeah. much. Because then, like, not that's never explained and nothing happens with it. Because I spent the whole book being like, when are these gossip points going to become a thing? Like, what happens with them? Do you keep track of them? Do you, like, get something when you get enough gossip points? Does it, like, put you higher on a scale? Is there, like, a ranking system maybe? But nothing. Interesting. Yeah. I, nothing. I, yeah. I, it's very weird that she keeps track of them. I will say that. that Assuming that wiki isn't lying, I, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my other one was that uh, there's a point in the movie and i i think i know maybe what's happening here but i'm not sure there's a scene where chris and lane show up at uh at at claire and massey's house for some reason to, i don't even know why to, uh claire and lane are gonna hang out yeah and and i guess chris is dropping her off or something and uh claire pretends to flirt with chris and like touches his hair while massey is watching from the window mm-hmm and it cuts up to Massey as this is happening, and she screams Isaac. She's like, Isaac! And then the cuts, and I was like, wait, why? Because Isaac, for those who don't know, is the driver, their driver's yeah. name. And I was like, because in that moment, you would imagine she'd be like, Claire! <laughs> you know, like, that's the name that seemingly she would scream in, in dramatic repose in that moment. But she screams Isaac, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Why Isaac? So it's because she's about to go riding with Chris. They're going to go horseback riding. She So she wants Isaac to drive her to the stable slash trail post haste. Oh, but I agree that in the movie it makes no sense because that is not clearly set up. Maybe they mention it and, and I missed it. such a funny oh. moment, though, because it is like it feels so random. Yeah. and like, But even if they had set it up, it would feel really weird and random. Yeah. Like, why is she screaming the driver's name? Yeah. And again, she screams it in the way of... It also doesn't make sense because he's... Chris is right there. She could, like... Getting the driver doesn't faster doesn't it doesn't stop them doesn't from stop flirting. them from flirting right know. then and there. I don't understand it. And but because yeah, she screams it like again, like it would be you how you would imagine screaming like 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 Lex Luthor screaming Superman. <laughs> but 
It's not Lex Luthor screaming Superman. It's like Lex Luthor screaming Bellboy when he sees Superman <laughs> flirting with his girl, the girl he wants to date or something. And he's like, Bellboy! And it's like, wait, what did the Bellboy have to do with this? <laughs> like, well, I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. It's such a weird moment. <laughs> oh my God, I'm going to die. <laughs> I don't know. It was very dumb to me. Okay. This is not a Lost in Adaptation, but I have a burning question. And I would like to know from anyone who read more of these books, I have Googled in vain and have not been able to find the answer to this question. Yeah. So please reveal this to me. Is the name Massey short for something oh god i was i was gonna ask this at the very beginning of the i episode. kept waiting throughout this entire book to find out what her full name was but it is never mentioned like surely it's short for something it right has to be. her name's not just massy no like people who are called maddie aren't named maddie they're named madison <laughs> and yeah. maddie is a nickname is her name massison i don't know i want to know mason Maybe. Maybe Mason. Mason. If you have read more Maybe? of these books and you know the answer to this question, please reveal your knowledge to me on any of the social media. I did I'll know, be waiting. I did know a kid in elementary school uh, who's I was in Boy Scouts with him and uh, his name, he, he went by Jimmy. And I remember my dad ask, I think it was my dad or somebody asking him or his parents one time. Um, or maybe I don't remember who it was, but somebody asking him, uh, Jimmy is short for James, right? Like doing some filling in some paperwork or something. He goes, Nope, it's just Jimmy. <laughs> just Jimmy. And he's like, like on your birth certificate? And he's like, Yep. <laughs> it's Jimmy. It's <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> Apparently his parents just named him Jimmy. Uh, oh funny. god. All right, let's go ahead and talk about what was better in the book. You like to read? Oh, yes. I love to read. What do you like to read? Everything. All right, so the movie introduces the idea that Claire's younger brother, Todd, has a crush on Massey. I don't have strong opinions on Todd. In the book, he's just kind of a prankster, like, typical little brother character. Yeah. I just thought the crushing on the older neighbor girl was cliche in a way that I didn't find particularly compelling. Plus, the movie doesn't really do much with it, so I'm not sure what the point was. Yeah. A handful of things that the girls did in the movie, but not in the book, that I found exceptionally grating. Like, when they're in the car and they're like, wait till tomorrow. Why? Because you get better looking every day. And then then in the cafeteria, they do this loser, loser, double loser chant. And I'm like, I was trying to think back to middle school. And I was like, do actual human preteens do things like this? I think so, yes. I think Ah, so. Well, at least the double, the loser, loser. I vaguely remember that. It sounded familiar, at least. Um the, the 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 you look get better looking every every day feels much more like a middle aged woman thing to oh, say. Oh yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a, that feels like a red hatter kind of a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do now that you mention it. U G L Y. You ain't got yes. no alibi. Although yeah. that might have been because the movie Bring It On was really big. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, 
Um, when we first meet Kristen, she changes her outfit before school. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the book, she changes in the car. In the movie, she changes while standing right outside her house before like right getting in the, the car. Door, yeah. And what the fuck would that accomplish? Uh. As a veteran of changing after leaving <laughs> the house, I have to say that this would be a dumbass move. Yeah. Isaac has more of an active role in the book. Isaac is the driver, as we mentioned. In the book, he actually lectures Massey about being nice to Claire and reminds her that not everyone lives a life of extreme privilege. Isaac out here doing more parenting than Massey's actual parents. I kept expecting a scene like that because early in the movie, he kind of disappears eventually, but early in the movie, there are numerous scenes where he's like making faces about what's transpiring. Yeah. And so I was expecting at some point for him to like have a moment where he says something, you know, something happens and it never really came. And I was like, okay. Yeah. The movie leaves that out. In the scene where Claire's butt gets smeared with red paint, which looks way more like a blood stain in the movie than I think it would in real life. Very good at. Yeah. It was a very good pretend blood stain. Yeah. Uh, but she, when she's walking around trying to find the nurse's office, uh, other students pelt tampons at her butt. They oh, like God. throw tampons at her, which is a thing that I could definitely imagine real middle schoolers doing. <laughs> if I'm being honest, middle schoolers are the worst. You said it. <laughs> Uh, in the scene where the girls hide in the bushes and spy on Chris, he it goes pretty similarly, except that he drinks a Red Bull and then like pours some of it out into the bushes and it dumps on Massey's head <laughs> while she's crouching in the bushes, which I was really disappointed that the movie left out. Yeah. While they're at the slumber party, Claire tries telling a ghost story and the girls keep like interrupting and like laughing and making fun of her and being rude. Um, And she eventually just like stops trying to tell the story and then she gets up and leaves right after that, which I thought made more sense. And the movie theme things seem to be like not great, but like mostly fine. And then she just gets up and leaves. Yeah, like one of them like makes a joke at her expense but then she like shoots back at him yeah and then, and then they just like go to bed yeah and, and then she she's really like leaves. i'm out yeah so i thought it made more sense the way it played out in the book mm-hmm. uh been there wished that i could have just got <laughs> up and left the scene where claire is wearing green tights after she does her first i am sabotage uh, she's wearing green tights under shorts and massey gets in a dig about how she didn't know there were auditions for Peter Pan, and Claire snaps back at Massey. Uh, Massey is wearing a shirt that has, like, a Mandarin-style collar, and Claire's like, but apparently you heard about the Miss Saigon tryouts. (laughs) And it was nice to see Claire actually, like, serve it back a little bit. She does it in the movie a couple times. A little bit. She calls her bitch. (laughs) That was probably the best one in the book, though. Yeah. Also in the book, all of the girls are wearing shorts over tights, and Massey spends the whole day like feeling left out and insecure. They, we only see Alicia wearing them. They start them in the that movie. in the movie and yeah. then don't pay it off. Yeah, they start it and and she's like, you you think it's gonna go somewhere, and then it's like, eh, moving on. <laughs> yeah, the book at least paid it off a little bit. Um, the movie shows Claire wearing a bunch of like woven friendship bracelets. We see them a couple times. But in the book, we know that they're special because they're from her friends that she left behind in Florida. She really misses her friends. That's something that doesn't come through in the movie. 
Um, the book also has a scene where Claire cuts them off because she Oof. thinks that they look raggedy and childish, which serves as like something of a turning point for her character mm-hmm. as she starts to act more like Massey. The five-way call. In the book, everybody is quiet and Dylan tricks Claire into revealing some like incriminating evidence before the other girls reveal that they're all on the line which is how that maneuver actually (laughs) works. In the movie, they all just immediately announce themselves, which makes no sense. Yeah. No, it doesn't. All right. And my last thing. uh, So we see Massey steal Chris's baseball cap in the book, but I don't think the movie ever pays that off in any way. No, I don't think so. Uh, So in the book, she returns it to him while they're at the charity auction but she sprays her perfume all over it first and he unknowingly insults it. Like she gives him the hat with her perfume on it and he's like, whoa, that perfume, these old ladies, they don't know when to stop. (laughs) Which I kind of loved. Yeah. And those were all my better in the book things. All right, then let's go ahead and talk about what was better in the movie. My life has taught me one lesson, Hugo, and not the one I thought it would. Happy endings only happen in the movies. So the story opens up with Massey having to miss an event because Claire's family is arriving. In the book, it's a shopping trip with her friends. In the movie, it's the last party of winter break, which I thought was a good change. I feel like the last party is higher stakes. Yeah. And it's also then a much more devious move for her to quote unquote cancel the party by spreading a rumor that the girl hosting it has head lice. In the book, she just, like, pretends to be sick to her friends. I liked the short scene with Claire talking to her mom about, like, her clothes and then asking to go shopping. Uh, And then the following scene in the mall where Claire meets and helps Dylan with her pants problem. Uh, I thought both of those were good ads. None of that's in the book. Mm -hmm. And then I thought having Claire be the one to pick out the white jeans in the book, she just like already has a pair of white jeans, but like knowing that they're expensive and then that knowing that they're going to get ruined yeah. as a book reader was, I thought, a good change. Um, the book gives us some setup with Claire meeting Chris outside of the school. The movie. Uh, yeah, the movie gives us that setup that's not in the book. Some stuff that the movie dropped was uh, the girls having an entire conversation about how Chris looks like a pre-fat Leonardo DiCaprio. That was charming. Leonardo DiCaprio get fat at some point? I mean, he got older. <laughs> I feel like he's been relatively fit his whole... I don't know. I mean... I... I don't know. They talk about how he looks like Leonardo DiCaprio before he got doughy. And then they called, they refer him to him as pre-fat Leo for like an entire conversation. And I was like, this is fun. Love this. Man, that's wild. In the movie, Claire is the one who comes up with the name Glambition. There's somebody else in there? It's like one of the other girls. Like it's not important. Right. Um, So I thought that was a good change to have her actually name the makeup company, Mm -hmm. the ill-fated makeup company. (laughs) I thought it was a good change at the sleepover to have them, like, trick Claire into saying that she likes Chris. I thought that was interesting. 
Although I'm not sure why she wouldn't just say, oh, sorry, I didn't realize because I've been here for five fucking minutes <laughs> and I have only met literally one boy because that's what I would have said. Yeah. The movie goes way harder making Lane a weird art girl, which is a trope that I actually <laughs> love. Not at all because I almost always had a crush on the weird art girl. <laughs> But the movie goes way harder with it, and I yeah. like that. I like her arm warmers. She does have arm warmers. May or may not have worn arm warmers. <laughs> I thought that the movie made, uh, I guess, good, but kind of more so expected, given the trajectory of the plot, choice to have Claire and Todd get trapped in Massey's room while she's doing her sabotage. Uh, it doesn't go anywhere interesting, but... It makes sense yeah. story wise. It seems like the kind of thing that would be in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, the, the book doesn't off, do really. it. It doesn't pay off, but it makes sense to have it in your story. Yeah. I thought the book did a good job with the extra scene in the cafeteria where Massey has nowhere to sit, nobody to sit with because her friends all hate her now. The movie. Sorry. I'm yes. not trying to. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I know. I know. I just want to make sure. Yeah. The clear. movie has an extra scene. Yes. Was good choice. Yeah. Now the movie makes a minor change in having Massey mention that she saw the messages Claire sent. The book says that Claire closed the chat window, and I think the implication is that that deletes the messages. Now I'll be honest; I don't remember enough about AIM to know if that's accurate. Either way, I thought it made more sense in the movie for Massey to just, like, go back and be like, oh, look, there's all those messages yeah. that I didn't send. There was at one point where when she, they trapped in the room where I was, like, screaming at Massey, scroll up, because you would have been able to see what yeah. Claire had written, like, moments before. Um, I think it would have kept... At least some of oh boy, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's been I don't a long know. time. I spent a lot of many a late night in high school on on many different, <laughs> not just AIM, but been you know. a solid decade plus since I oh, used yeah. any kind of like chat. Oh yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. But that's definitely like the implication in the book is that she like because there's a thing where she's like, oh, she made made sure to close the chat window. Yeah. So I guess it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. That that would delete it. Uh, the heart-to-heart -heart scene with her mom, it's cliche and it has a bad message, but I get it as an emotional turning point in yeah. the story, which is something that the book lacks. Yeah. The I Heart Chris Abley shirt. I'm putting it here because it's fucking funny, <laughs> not because it's good. It is. It's not like in a million years anything that makes sense for Massey's character. No, that was the thing that was blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, what is she wearing? She, this doesn't fit her spends, character at all. She spends all. the whole movie wearing like very sophisticated getups. Yeah, like, like and then at the end, it's like rah rah mini skirt and crop top, crop top, and, like message like crop home top, printed like yeah. airbrushed. It was like what? It, what? Uh, all right, sure. Okay. It's fucking funny, but it makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, in the book. Claire and Lane dance weirdly at the charity auction party, and apparently everyone loves it, but it <laughs> sounded horribly cringy, so I was glad that the movie dropped that. Nice. Claire saving Massey from making a fool of herself over Chris by stopping her from popping out of the cake, which was never a good idea. 
even if he hadn't had a girlfriend, that wasn't a good idea. I thought it was a better change from what happens in the book, which is that both of their dads get drunk and are making fools of themselves. And they're like singing up on stage and like trying to get their families to come up and sing too. And so the girls like hide in the bushes together no, the movie, the movie version. Yeah, the movie version sense. makes way more sense. It gives Claire some, some like agency. Like, yeah, it, it's it's that last act of her helping. Yeah, Massey, despite everything, and again, the movie doesn't go anywhere with that. <laughs> it doesn't really use it in any effective way, but that was a good decision, at least. All right, we've got the movie nailed it. As I expected, practically perfect in every way. All right, even more rapid fire. Massey's all-white bedroom with the outfit mannequin that she puts her clothes on. Uh, Massey is super obnoxious, and she has a pug named Bean. All right. Claire is wearing overalls the first time we see her. Yep. We get Massey's charm bracelet and the silver microphone. Yep. Uh, the dialogue in the first scene where Massey meets Chris Abley while they're out horseback riding, uh, dialogue has changed a bit, but otherwise the scene is pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Massey making Claire sit in the back of the car, and does she then climb over the seat? she does climb over go. the seat. Uh, and then when Claire's leaning out the window taking pictures of the mansions, Massey's like, "Relax, Claire. This isn't Epcot." Ah. Claire loves to eat sour gummies. Gummy feet. Gummy feet. Uh, in the book, I think they're just like a, a lot of different kinds of gummies, right. but there are feet. Which um, everybody liked sour gummies back then. Are you kidding me? That was like <laughs> the go-to. Claire getting left behind in the car when they get out at school. Um, the line, did I invite you to my barbecue? God, then why are you all up in my grill? <laughs> That one at least felt like a kid might say it. It's like a terrible, yeah. dumb line, but it felt more childlike. A, dumb. a lot of the dialogue, speaking of uh, Vincent, the art teacher, also pretty on point, right down to his weird dialogue. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the dialogue in the book was very like cringy and made even more cringy by the fact that like you could tell that the author felt really clever. As they were coming up with it. Yeah. Just like, ka cringe. Uh, the red paint on the butt. Alicia smearing red paint on Claire's butt to make it look like she had her period. Um, we talked about Massey's State of the Union thing that she does. Lane's weird oatmeal quirk, which she definitely only has for the plot point later. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and her backpack with the speakers on it. Uh, Massey's mom inviting Claire to the sleepover and then Claire blows off Lane and everything ensuing from that pretty mm-hmm. much. Uh, talked about Chris at Massey's house, Claire touching his hair, Massey takes Chris's hat, uh, Massey steals oh, Lane yeah. from Claire. After, yeah. after Claire steals her friends, kind of. Um, and then the awkward Manny Petties with Lane, although I kind of wish they had included Lane's line of dialogue to Massey. Thanks for pulling me aside after Jim to let me know I have snaggle toes. <laughs> snaggle toes. Snaggle toes. Um, Claire's fake bathing suit designer yeah, that, that she scene. makes up. Yeah. 
Uh, all the I am sabotage, generally what follows, um, especially her dig on Dylan's legs and then the ugly long skirt and Kristen revealing that she is actually a poor. <laughs> a poor. Um, so on scholarship. Which. <gasps> Gasp. I don't know. I don't want to read any more of these books, but I am kind of curious how long Kristen expected to be able to keep this keep up. Keep that charade going. Uh, yeah. Alicia giving Claire an old cell phone and also buying her clothes. Uh, the bathrobes that Massey gives everyone instead of lab coats while they're making makeup that make no sense because bathrobes <laughs> aren't even close to lab coats. It's not the same thing. Uh, Claire and Lane make up on the bus. They become friends again. Everything with the lip gloss and the oatmeal, as we discussed. And then the endings of both the book and the movie are equally nonsensical and anticlimactic. Well, there you go. We've got a few odds and ends. And then we'll get to the final verdict. Okay, so one of my very first book notes. <laughs> um, so the, the lions is, are coming, and Massey's mom is like, they're going to be here soon. Brunch is at 1.15 p.m. And I was like, Pardon me, excuse what? me? Brunch? We call that liner or dunch around here. That brunch. <laughs> That's lunch. Brunch. That's lunch. Is between breakfast and lunch yeah hence the name brunch you get to have brunch up until 12 p.m yes <laughs> that's and and after that you, if you're continuing to have brunch then you're having a leisurely brunch yeah but you can't just start you, having you, brunch you to, after yes, lunch you have to start before 12 p.m yes you can keep going to 115 but you have to start before 12 p.m and uh yeah if you start at 115 you're just having breakfast food and mimosas for lunch you just don't know what brunch is you just don't know what brunch is i i mentioned it earlier but this movie truly can't decide if massey understands sarcasm and this moment drove me crazy because she's sarcastic constantly throughout the movie and then there's and there's the moment i talked about earlier where claire is like my brother's on med oh he didn't take his meds and she's like what his meds what and she's like it was a joke but then there's this scene also after that where they're having dinner or something and, and uh, Claire Massey's talking to Claire and says, uh, the only problem with with uh, whatever school they go to mm -hmm. uh, is that there are no boys there. And her dad goes, Massey's dad goes, no boys. Who says that's a problem? And, and Massey turns to him and says, the girls who go there, Dad! And I'm like, you, you didn't get that he was... Just you just made a joke. Yeah. And then his joke blew right past you. Yeah. Because the, the, the proper reaction from her type of... From Massey's type of character there is... Uh, the only problem is there are no boys. And then a dad makes a dumb dad joke about who says that's a problem that there aren't any boys. And then it just cuts to Massey and she like rolls her eyes. Yeah, that's, like, that's, that's the, the only acceptable. That's the only. Maybe like an. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Like what? What? But she earnestly turns to her father and goes, 
We think it's a problem, Dad. Wait, do you not understand why it's a problem? Let me explain this to you. Like, see, it's the weirdest thing. And again, it's one of those scenes where I'm just like, what is what is happening? Who are these characters supposed to be? I don't understand. <laughs> I love that this movie has MySpace references. Yeah, all oh, the top eight. Like, oh. oh, yeah, Massey says something about somebody not being in her top eight. Yeah. And then later on, Claire's like, I tried to MySpace you. And I love it because this movie came out in 2008, and even then, like, MySpace was on the downslide. I don't remember if I kept like, was still using MySpace in 2008. It was all Facebook by that point. Yeah, these cool middle schoolers would not be using MySpace. No, I used MySpace until, like, and I was not cool, and I, I think I only, like, used MySpace I think I MySpace deleted like my MySpace in 2008. Yeah, I feel like, I remember I had it through most of high school, but I yeah. graduated in 2007, and I think by then I was, yeah, not really using it, didn't even have it anymore. I think mine probably still exists. Oof, don't look I, that up. <laughs> oh my god, I'm putting this into the world. Don't don't look up my space. No, I, I definitely deleted mine because I remember sitting in my freshman year dorm room trying to figure out how to delete it because I hadn't I hadn't been on it in like a yeah. year. So I was like, okay, it's time. I'm gonna look this up. Like, I'm gonna look at this later and be horrified. I'm gonna go see. It's gonna be like it's. Just, I'm not gonna be horrified. It's just gonna be like a picture of me snowboarding and like a breaking like, Benjamin yes. song plays. It's <laughs> like, gonna, that's, it's gonna be that's like all it is. It's gonna be dorky, grainy pictures of you. <laughs> yeah, and I don't even think I didn't even even when MySpace was its most active. I didn't really use it that much. I don't. Yeah. Think. Yeah. So uh, this it's two thousand. This movie was shot in two thousand seven. It came out in two thousand eight. It blew my mind that in this movie they couldn't be bothered to shoot at 60 frames. They have this the big moment. We you posted a picture of it and we talked about like uh in these kind of girl gang movies, there's always a shot where they like walk dramatically down a hallway in yeah. formation. And that scene happens in this movie, and they do it in slow motion, but they very clearly shot so this is this was on TV, it was probably shot at 30 fps which is we've talked about this before but 30 fps probably maybe 24 and they'd shot it at that speed and then they slowed it down to about half speed so like it's running at about uh 15 or 12 frames per second which means you get it 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 like it's very jerky Mm -hmm. because if you want to shoot something that you know is going to be in slow motion, you have to shoot it at a higher frame rate than whatever you're playing it back at, which is why like in the oldie time cameras, they would crank it faster. Mm-hmm. And that would be how you get slow motion is if you cranked it faster, you get more pictures per second. So you could slow it down basically. And you still do the exact same kind of thing with modern cameras. And it's mind blowing to me that nobody was like, Oh, this big dramatic moment in the hallway is going to be in slow motion. Hey, you think we should change the setting on our, DSLR to to like 60 frames. Nah, it'll be good. Mind blowing. Mind blowing. I feel like the entire crew of this movie did not care about yeah, they making probably just didn't a, care. A, a fine piece of film. And I mean, everybody's made that mistake too, where you're like, I mean, I've done it before, where you're like, no, no, we'll do, no, we're not going to slow this down. We'll shoot it. We'll just shoot it at 24. It'll be fine. And then later you get in the edit and you're like, no, I. Oh, I wanted to slow this down. I should have shot this. It's, it was not fine. That no, was not fine. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, you can interpolate with like, even then you probably could have if they had dumped any money into it. You can interpolate slow motion. It looks kind of weird and cheesy, but it uh, it's, it's so easy. It's not hard. To, there's no way they didn't have the capability on their cameras they shot this on. <laughs> These weren't shot on like terrible cameras. It looks okay. It's very clearly video, but it looks fine. 
And there's no way they couldn't have changed the frame rate. Anyways. So <laughs> I just want to mention this real quick. The scene where she has the red paint on her pants and she's trying to find the nurse's office. In the book, uh, they send her to like the photography dark room and she like busts in thinking it's the nurse's office. Mm. And then in the movie, she busts in very similarly, except that the walls are glass and it's clearly like a yoga studio. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you go in there thinking it was the nurse's office? They're very clearly doing yoga in the there. The nurse maybe does yoga. I don't know. Like maybe the nurse teaches yoga on the side. <laughs> like our, our 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 football coach was a physics teacher. This so a, like this is a rich kid school. Yeah. People don't have double jobs. Come That's on fair. now. That's fair. That's fair. Massey in this. This is a thing that didn't make any sense to me in this movie. Is that Massey throughout the course of the movie has no redeeming qualities. Yeah. I kept waiting for something to happen. Where we get like a, a a moment of her humanity for the ultimate, you know, evolution mm-hmm. of her character to see like, oh, that you know, this is where we're going. This is why we like we sh- why why we're we're holding out hope for her and that we kind of like her. And there's none of it in this movie. She's just awful all the time, constantly. Yeah. And then at the end, she's little less awful. Yeah. But it's still kind of awful. And I was like, why is this not? how do you this is screenwriting 101 it's so simple that even i who didn't even take screenwriting 101 (laughs) no it's wild the book does have more moments with massey and bean which i think is supposed to endear her to us like oh look she loves her dog she's not all bad Except that she's still a total fucking monster yeah and it doesn't matter like you can uh... You, you, the fact that she's nice to her dog means yeah, nothing. Yeah, that means zero things. Means nothing. So stupid. There is a moment in the book where Claire is at Massey's house slash the guest house, and she it says it says in the book that she leans down to the lawn and picks a dandelion, and I was like, hold the fuck up. This rich person lawn does not have dandelions. Yeah. Have you ever seen a rich person lawn? There are no dandelions there. No, No, they don't have weeds. No weeds. I just have a couple other things. First thing is that the pretty committee is not actually in this book. Oh. It's not mentioned until book two. I know this because I searched my digital copy for pretty committee and it only came up in the sneak peek of the first chapter of the second book. Well, there you go. So not actually a thing in the click, the book. Also, I just want to call out that during the montage where Claire is hanging out with all of Massey's friends, they do the breakfast club dance. I just wanted to call that do out. They? Yeah, they do. They like dance in a line and they like oh, move yeah, their they arms. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, you're it's right. It's the yeah, breakfast yeah, yeah, club yeah, dance. Right. Oh, I the 40-year-old director yeah. was like... I just wanted to call that out because I thought it was cringy. I mean, I guess it's possible that these kids could like the breakfast club. But yeah, that was definitely the 40-year-old director being like, okay, guys, do this. You guys ever seen the breakfast club? What's a breakfast... You mean like where my parents go on the weekends? <laughs> And they come home drunk and yelling at each other. <laughs> oh, no, not that kind of breakfast. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. It's time for the final verdict. 
Now, are you ready for your sentence? Sentence? But there must be a verdict first. Sentence first. Verdict afterwards. So I've been thinking about whether or not I would have found either this book or this movie compelling when I was in middle school. I don't think I would have. I know these books got pretty popular. No offense to anyone who loves them or remembers them fondly, but I'll be real real, I don't get it. Then again, middle schoolers are not exactly known for having good taste. No. Here's a positive that I'll give to the book. I think there was an attempt to critique the rich and snotty lifestyle. I'm not sure it worked, but there was an attempt. Uh, The book has little revealing lines here and there, especially about Massey and her mom. Early in the book, when Massey's mom is talking to her, uh, there's a description. She spoke very slowly and enunciated every word, much in the same way she was when she talked to Inez, their live-in housekeeper. Very charming. Uh, And then later, we get the line, Massey said poor, the way her mother said fat. Mm. And when they first meet the lions, Massey's mother's rings are turned around, from which Massey deduces that the lionses don't have money, because apparently her mom does that when she doesn't want the less fortunate to feel uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, And then later, Massey asks her dad, who is a successful businessman. That's all we know about what he Mm. does. He's a successful businessman. She asks him for advice on becoming a makeup mogul. He first tells her to marry the CEO of Revlon. (laughs) And then when she's like, oh, my God, dad, he basically tells her to buy the products wholesale and resell them with a markup. (laughs) So I feel like there was an attempt at critique. Yeah, it's a little bit of a yeah, a little, a little bit, bit. Of a, a shot at the the bourgeois. Uh, but this book is not not well written. Yeah, like at all. Uh, from a storytelling perspective, there are issues with pacing, with characterization, and while there is an attempt at character arc. The characters' motivations often aren't clear, and their turning points either don't work or fall flat, or aren't there altogether. As far as the nuts and bolts of writing, there are problems with perspective. The book is written in third-person omniscient, but the character whose perspective we're in changes randomly without Oof. any indication to the reader. Oof. This was a, this really threw me for a loop. Uh, sometimes it's within the same paragraph. Uh, similarly, there are also a few time jumps with zero indications, like not even a line break, nothing, there's, just a time jump. There's a podcast I listen to called Behind the Bastards, and they've been reading Ben Shapiro's uh, oh, book on it, and he does the same thing where oh. this perspective jumps around and it, like there's not breaks, and it's like a nightmare apparently to read. But anyway, same. Now, the movie suffers from many of the same issues that the book does, namely pacing, characterization, character arc, and a flat nothing ending. I was hoping that the movie would change the ending. It didn't. And I'm not sure if they were anticipating getting to adapt more of the books or if maybe at some point the writers were like, I just fuck it. Let's just work with what we've got. (laughs) Yeah. However... I think the movie kept things similar enough to please book fans 
who had to be their prime target audience because like who else is going to watch this while also making a handful of good changes, namely adding an emotional turning point and having Claire talk to her mom, even though the message was shit and in changing up how Massey and Claire bond at the charity auction, even though it didn't really make sense. So for that, I'm going to give this one to the movie. I will say that the movie, despite not making a lot of sense and not being, uh, yeah, all the, the sort of problems you've mentioned, it's not a terrible movie, at least. Like I said, the performances are okay. It's kind of fun at times, but also it's it's like, just not terrible. It's bleh. For what it is, it's par for the course. Yeah. It's fine. It's like a middling to worse Disney Channel original. Yeah. It's not like a good Disney Channel yeah. original, but it's like a middling Disney Channel original movie, so it's fine. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it for this episode of This Film Is Lit. As always, you can do us a giant favor. Head to patreon.com slash thisfilmislit. Support us for two, five, or $15 a month. If you support us for $15 a month, you can recommend a movie slash book, which is what this one was and what uh, quite a few more coming up in the next few months will be. You can also do us a huge favor if you can't support us financially and you leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or anywhere else, Stitcher, anywhere else that you're able to leave a review that you listen to us on any platform. That would be fantastic. You can also follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Goodreads, uh, Twitter, all those places. We will have polls. You can leave feedback on what you thought about the Click movie versus the book, which one you preferred uh, and why. And we will read those in our next prequel episode. And any interaction on social media helps us get more followers on social media. Yeah. So that's another way that you can help us too. Yeah, the more feedback because we get we kind of go through like waxes and wanes of like what it's at least especially on Facebook of what mm -hmm. it feels like Facebook decides to show our fans. Yeah. Cuz we have hundreds of followers on Facebook or something like that and it feels like sometimes and we've we've asked people and sometimes people don't see our posts and other times they do uh, and the more feedback we get on posts the more that helps other people see our stuff so uh yeah leave leave comments leave uh feedback uh vote all those good sort of things on the polls katie what's next up next it's spooky season it is and we will be talking about a horror classic the shining it comes out like the day before halloween or something like that um the wednesday before halloween which halloween's is, on saturday it's this like year. the 25th maybe yeah uh, probably like the 27th. Oh, it's something. the 28th. Yeah, because Halloween's on a Saturday. Yeah, so it comes out right before Halloween. A few days before Halloween, we are doing The Shining. Uh, this one's been, I've probably been recommended a few times mm -hmm. here or there by fans, and it's one I've been wanting to do uh, because I've, uh, you've not seen the movie, have you? No. I, I've not read the book, but I have seen the movie. Uh, it's I quite enjoy the film. I think it's a good movie. Um, there's a lot behind the scenes to mm -hmm. talk about with this movie and we'll probably cover some of that in the prequel episode uh but yeah i i'm excited to see i because it's also famously one that uh departs i think quite a bit from the text for i my, have no idea for my understanding is that it's not exactly uh i've started reading the book but i am not super far into yeah, it yet i believe it's not it changes quite a bit so we'll see uh, so that'll be fun. Come back in two weeks' time for our review of The Shining for Halloween. 
Or in one week's time, we've got our prequel for The Shining, where we'll be discussing something to do with The Shining, Stanley Kubrick, who knows. This is our first Stanley Kubrick movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Oof. It's a whole can of worms. Maybe we'll get into that. We'll see. Are we going to have to do a segment of your fave is problematic? Uh, I, I, if people don't know that about Stanley Kubrick <laughs> right now, then I, I don't know what they're paying attention to. But yeah, that's uh, we may. I mean, that may be rolled into. We'll see. I'm, I'm probably going to do the learning things. We'll see what where that where that all goes. So yes, uh, t- uh, that's what's coming up. That's on the slate. Until that time, guys, gals, non-binary, everybody else. Keep reading books. Keep watching movies. And keep being awesome.